We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Today, we have Warren Duthie with Northwestern Mutual here. And I know that we are always talking about investing in real estate, um, but we also do believe in diversifying. So we've asked Warren to come and kind of talk to everyone and teach us about how we could diversify some of our investments and plan for the future. Welcome, Warren. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm yeah. excited. Thanks, I've been man. watching uh, all the the podcasts and the Instagram wow. stuff, and so I'm like, it's kind of crazy that we're uh, actually doing this. It's cool, huh? Yeah, you're here. Um, so Warren, he can tell what exactly helps us with because I'm not going to say, but I know I don't even know. We got different stuff. stuff. We're continuing to do different stuff. Like Crystal said, I know a lot of apartment owners are big. Like they don't have 401k. They don't believe in this, but I know most of them do believe in like life insurance and stuff like that. We do have that. And then Warren, I was thinking you and I met through Cameron, and I'm like, I don't even know how long ago that was. Do you remember when we met? That was probably like seven or eight years ago. We were still in the, in the Mission Hills office. Yeah. Because I remember when you had to take the P test for, for your life insurance, and you oh pounded the cranberry gosh. juice. It was the wrong day. <laughs> On the wrong day. Oh. Yeah. She's like, I was like, wait, tomorrow? I was like, no. Dude, I, dude, I, had, I was holding my pee so bad all morning. It's like, where is this person? They're late. I called her. I guess tomorrow. I had to do the whole thing again. I was so worried about it. Everybody gets so worried about it. And so that. just some context, I think we were told like Northwestern Mutual is some of the best rates for life insurance. So Kenny was like just under the like age requirement and trying to like score off the charts with his like P test yeah, to make yeah. sure he got the like best. Whatever, I don't know. I just, of... it's funny. Everybody that takes these, I hear they're like, he was so it's nervous. A, it's they're worried. They just want to put their best foot forward. Some people, I mean, that's not true. Cause as the guy showed up to do mine oh, this dude. last time, he's like, Hey Mike, Hey, is this, he goes, no, some people I walk in here. He's like, is this guy going to die tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean the, the guy that's doing the, yeah, tests, the you know, he's not the underwriter. So, um, Warren, tell us about um, how long you've been a financial planner, and have you only been with uh, Northwestern? Yeah, yeah. So I started uh, this July will be 16 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was still – I know, I'm 36. So uh, I started when I was going to junior college up at OCC, which is also known as the Harvard I didn't even know it was 16. Yeah, dude. Holy smokes. Then I moved down here and went to PLNU, and they have an internship program. So that's what I was doing. They asked me if I wanted to be an intern. I was trying to get a date with the male girl at the office in Newport Beach. (laughs) I didn't know what financial planning meant, but they asked me. They said, do you want to be an intern here? And they asked me right in front of the girl. And so I just was like fork in the road. We're going to say yes or no. And (laughs) they said yes. And so, so, yeah, that's – 16. 16 years, yeah. That's... I thought, honestly, I thought it was like 10, maybe. I was thinking about that. I'm like, how long is that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, pretty crazy. Wow, that car is really loud that drove by. Yeah. Um. So, can you tell us about like your company? And um, I know I have other questions about what you focus on, but about your company, how long they've been around, um, why you chose this company. You know, I don't know if you guys, if you're, if you guys have, 
you're separated from other companies. I know, I know we talked about stuff, mm-hmm. um, but can you kind of explain a little about your company and why you're there? Yeah, so Northwestern Mutual, uh, one, it's uh, started in 1857, so really, really old. That's when, and it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and so usually when people hear Northwestern, they think it's like Seattle or Portland or something like that, but that's when, 1857, Milwaukee, Wisconsin was a Northwest. Like, uh, so this thing is old. And um, it was started by some people who were on the East Coast, and they were with uh, another company in New York Life. And so they're like, we're going to bail. We're going to start our own company. And they went out west, and they were working with a bunch of farmers. And and so they actually started – it was – all they sold was life insurance. And when they were going out west, they are working with farmers – Farmers back then were, like, living really, really long lives in comparison to all these people that were, um, like, in the cities and they were working in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is in, like, Industrial Revolution era. Like, so they were getting their hands stuck in Manufacturing. And, and, yeah, like yeah, black smoke everywhere, mm-hmm. whatever. So these people are dropping, like, flies compared to the farmers who are, like, living healthy lifestyles. Breathing clean air. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that was, like, an intended thing. Like, hey, we should go sell life insurance to these people because they're going to live longer. I think it just kind of happened that way. And then they became really, really successful doing a lot of uh, – like when a life insurance company takes money in, they got to put it somewhere. So like Northwestern Mutual owns a ton of real estate. Right. But they were yeah. also lending money to farmers, uh, farm loans. So you could buy land so you could finance your crop or whatever you're farming. Um, that's what uh, that's what they were doing. So 1857. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's just no. It's just funny to think back. Like so, life. So life. And so they they start. This started. This company all started basically from life insurance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then so in the nineties, there was this act called the Glass Steagall Act. That's not going to be on the test, but uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it basically kept life insurance companies over here, banks over here, investment firms over here, and the three can't compete. Okay, so that act got repealed. I think in 98, and now there could, they could all compete. So like a bank could run your investments. They could also sell you insurance. You're talking 1998. 1998, yeah. Okay, so wow, it went that long whereas everything was separated. Yeah, so it was like all people did before I got there was just sell life insurance, disability insurance, stuff like that. Investments were totally separate. So now you could sort of do holistic planning. You could talk about everything. And so they've been a broker-dealer and a manufacturer of insurance products ever since i never even knew that yeah had no idea so um so you guys so what is your company exactly like you know you guys been around a long time but what is your company known for then now i mean what do you guys what's your main focus and then what do you guys like this is what we're known for do you have like an image or a yeah yeah well for a long time they were known as the quiet company they would never do a podcast they would never Mm -hmm. have an instagram profile they were just like lurking in the shadows because their whole thought was like the spending on uh, advertisement wasn't a good use of policy owners' dollars. It's so funny. I know. Wow. Things have changed, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, so anyway, they kind of had street cred as the quiet company. Like people I call But they're now, huge just still, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. They just were low profile, which I can kind of appreciate. And yeah, it's totally sure. different than – like uh, what we see today. I mean, now they're like, they're not so quiet. They want to be loud and aggressive. It's funny how it goes different. Yeah. So, um, but I would say that's what they were known for. And they were known for having just like rock solid insurance products, life insurance, disability insurance. So I always think of it as, 
There's a company here in San Diego, Wawanisa yeah, Insurance. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's who my mom had forever. And they're like the creme de la creme of auto insurance if you can get them. Right. They don't take you unless like you're perfect. Does anybody have them in this room? Why no. would you say? You guys all are terrible drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so yeah, so if if you can get in the club with Wawanisa, then you're a great driver. And you get the best rates. You and all get the it. best rates. Yeah. Life insurance, Northwestern Mutual, same deal. If they're only taking the best of the best health-wise, which I appreciate how hard you were studying for that exam earlier. (laughs) Um, But basically, if you insure healthy people, the chances of those people dying soon are like uh, uh, less, right? Probability for a premature death goes down. Some sort of tragedy versus – Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff's still going to happen, but – healthier people are like better drivers. And so you're going to – So you guys are pickier. Picky, very picky. Okay. Which allows them, if they're picky and less money is going to be going out with death claims, then that means they can take more of that money and they can buy real estate, they can buy equities, they can buy whatever, stuff that's illiquid that maybe takes longer to pan out. So that's why their products have performed so well is because the pickiness leads to better investments, which leads to better product performance. So... I always just think of that movie, Along Came Polly, when yeah, he's yeah. trying to insure the guy who's, like, playing racquetball and, like, jumping off of buildings. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So basically, you guys wouldn't yeah. insure that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not. Um, you have to pay a lot. <laughs> so how does it, just because, honestly, probably, probably nobody knows this, um, explain how exactly a life insurance, let's just talk about life insurance, how it works. Like, I'm paying in money. You guys get the money, and obviously there's a lot of people, and the money's sitting there. But you just said, like, you guys got to put the money to work because it can't just sit there. Because you don't put it to work and you don't make money on that money, it can be problematic for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they just kept it in cash, that money needs to be growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So with – there's – I would say there's two general ways to do it. You can get term insurance, which is like leasing your life insurance from Northwestern Mutual. And the lease has baked-in increases. And those increases are a function of how old and healthy you are. So okay. as you get older, the rent's going to go up because you're getting closer to dying statistically. Okay. The other way I would think of is like a 30-year fixed mortgage where, all right, you have your like PITI. You've got your the number that you need to knock down every single month for the next 30 years. And then that gets amortized between interest and principal over time. Okay. So with life insurance, there's no interest. It's the cost of the life insurance. Right? Okay. And that's a function of your age and your health. But this is like a permanent policy now that they're going to amortize for the rest of your life. And then the interest, or like the, I'm sorry, the principal side. So we just covered interest. Now the principal, the principal side, that's just like cash. And that cash gets invested. You can buy equities with it, or you can buy, uh, you can tag along for the ride with what Northwestern Mutual can do with that big general account okay. that uh, has like $250 billion in it. And they buy the real estate that we were talking about. They buy, they, they buy Grant Cardone buildings. Right. Literally. Yeah. They buy like class A, nice stuff. Yeah. And honestly, they're just looking – they're trying they, – Well, they're looking for safer investments too for mm-hmm. them. To they're make. like buy a nice asset, get a 5%, 6% return and just they, – they're not looking for some risky stuff because they cannot afford really to like – they need to have solid stuff. Yeah. And they don't – I don't think they really have to reach that. I mean there's – if you want risk, it's out there. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. But they're like we want – Main and main, we want low risk, big, big dollar amounts. They want the best stuff. Like so. They're literally buying like yeah. brand stuff. Yeah, he's competing with. So what do what do um 
What are Crystal and I have? Like, what do we? So, so we have we have term. You have some of both. Yeah, we yeah. have a little bit of both. So I like the idea of that building up the savings account and the fact that you can like borrow against it or borrow money from it later mm-hmm. on down the road. It was kind of cool to have that. So, so term is like you pay in. And if you die or something happens, obviously you call the family, unfortunately, and say, hey, husband died. Here's the check. And that's not a good day, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah, and that and seven but, times in six, almost 16 years, seven times. Seven times. Crazy. Remember, Robert was in here every day, but that's just the reality of it. I don't want to, I didn't want to have to live with that. Yeah. News. So that's term where basically if you put, if you pay in, I don't know, 50 grand, 100 grand in your lifetime, that money's gone. If you don't die, if you outlive it, whatever. And how long is – what's the typical term? Like is there different ones? Yeah, dude, there are. So there's like a 10-year term. So the premiums are flat for 10 years. If you die in that window, I bring Crystal a check. Okay. Uh, or there's 20 years. If you die in that window, I bring in Crystal a check. There's 30 years. Or there's kind of like a pay-as-you-go deal. Okay. And that's like you're going to the casino and you're like, hey, my name's Kenny and – I'm 35 years old and I want to play for a million bucks. And they're like, all right, dude, you look like you're pretty healthy. You just drank a bunch of beer juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I drank. <laughs> and they're like, okay, for you, it's going to be 500 bucks. And okay. you're like, sweet. Here's my money. And then they give you the dice. Okay. And you're going to roll the dice. And on the table, all it says is live or die. Okay. That's all it says. It's a wow. crazy, intense game. You roll the dice, comes up live. You're 35. You just drank a bunch of cranberry juice. You're totally fine. Not shocker. They're like, yeah, we see people like you come in here all the time. They scoop up your 500 bucks, and you're like, well, now I'm 36. And so the question to you is, do you think it's going to cost more, less, or the same to roll the dice this year now that you're 36? Oh, more. A little bit more. Maybe it's like 501, okay, or 505. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you could pay every year. Yeah, just People literally do that? Like, yeah, yeah. And so, but I mean, I guess the thought is like, if you know you're only going to need this coverage for a little bit of time, I that's probably a good saying. way to finance okay. it. There's probably loan scenarios where it doesn't make sense to do a 30 year fix. It makes sense to do something shorter. Similar deal. I yeah. see. I, yeah, I, I honestly, yeah. I never, I didn't even, I'm not that you didn't do that. I just was like, like why somebody would do that. What, what is an example why you think somebody would do that? Like uh, maybe they're just trying to cover debt on a property that they're going to pay off in 10 years. Okay. And so they're like, I'm going to match the debt with the life insurance. If I get smoked, my wife's okay. If I don't, that makes sense. I would have paid it off anyway. I see that. Yeah. And typically, so on term, um, so it goes max 30 years. Well, no, the, the pay-as-you-go stuff goes until you're 80. But the casino would have pushed you. Like one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to get prohibitively expensive because you're going to be like, I was paying five hundred up front, and now I'm paying like ten grand. <laughs> yeah, I'm grand. sure, right? Yeah, yeah, you're close to death. Right, right. They know it. You know it. And so they're going to push you out of the game. You're going to probably be like, I can't do this anymore. Or you're going to get to eighty, and they're going to be like, Dude, Kenny. It's been so cool playing this game with you. <laughs> That's awesome. But we got to break this thing off, man, because you're too close to dying. So game is over for you, dude. Oh and at that gosh. point, there's no casino in town that's going to take that bet. Okay. Um, what is – I just – that came in my head. Like this is – I'm trying to ask the question. Statistically, you have statistics. You guys have statistics. So – if somebody does 10 years, 20, 30 in these buckets, 
what statistics you're paying and not paying. Like they're they're actually like some. Oh yeah. You, like, so uh, for term insurance as a whole, yeah, it's less than two percent of all policies pay a claim. Wow. Wow. People yeah. are living longer though, right? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And so, the insurance company gets to underwrite you up front, so they get to see if it's worth it or not before they go on the hook. They've gotten you know? smarter yeah. than they know. Yeah. So, so you can go past thirty years. Like if we just if we pay now, like if I'm paying like I am now every month, how long is this? I forget how long mine goes for. It goes until you're 80 years old. So are you guys pushing past that? Or is that all the is that where you guys are? Well, I've seen. So when I started, they had term 70. That so that was the now then they had term 75, and now they have 80. So the trend is yeah, going, going up. But I mean, like one day will they have term 90? I don't know. Maybe. So you're telling with all your stuff globally, even with people living to 80, you're only paying 2% of your policies. Yeah. Which I have a client who calls it legalized stealing because uh, <laughs> legalized stealing on Northwestern Mutual's part. And that's because they pretty much know 98% of the time. They only take the best of the best. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're getting all this cash flow. Yeah. But that's good. I mean, but honest- we're also getting better rates on our life yeah, insurance true. too, right? I mean, you wouldn't pay it Glass if it wasn't a good deal. Yeah. So is yeah. there some companies out there that are charging more where that number is way different? Uh, you mean like are there are they like uh, their mortality is really bad? They're dropping like flies? Yeah. What I'm saying is is you're, you're, you're pretty much like the cream of the crop. That's who your guys are insuring. So Northwestern's average is 2%. Is there a company that's oh, like, hey, that's we'll take – Northwestern's we'll... average. That's industry average. Oh, yeah. smokes. Oh, what's Northwestern's average? Do you know. even know? It's probably around the same though. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, just because it's hard. Northwestern's the largest uh, provider of term life insurance in the country. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. That's pretty good. So the other policy we have, um, what is it called? That one's called a whole life policy. Okay. Now, can you explain that one? Yeah. Well, it's like the 30-year fixed deal that we were okay. talking yeah. about. So part of what you're paying goes to the cost of insurance. Part of it goes to cash value. You guys are pretty deep in that policy now, so the cash value is looking good. It kind of sucks, though, because like in the early years with life insurance, uh, it's just like early years in a 30-year fixed. Most of your payment goes to interest, interest right? Not yep. very much knocks down principal. So that's basically what's happening is they got to put money in the bank because they now it's not an if you die within this window. It's a when Kenny dies, which might be like 120 with all the working out at 4 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, so so that's still 82, that one. No, no, that one goes as long as you go, big guy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, That's why we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I didn't like that. It was like, okay, at 80. Okay, so those – see, this is – I mean, I, I, mean part of it. I know we talk about the time. So this is why we do reviews because this stuff is like vitamin C in the body. The body doesn't store it. We need it more and more, right? With this, the life insurance stuff and nobody, how your stuff They do works. it once. They don't look at it. Yeah. So to break it down, if you're going to get term, mm-hmm. this is only – wherever you probably go, you're probably looking to your 80. Well, yeah, or you're going to ax it when the kids are out of the house or – you know what I mean? Exactly. But when you're – the the other policy that we're doing, this – you're – am I – are we paying in this till we die? No, your policy is designed to be done when you're 65. But it still carries – The death us. benefit isn't done. That goes on forever. But we just designed it like, hey, you're probably going to retire at 65. Let's have it so that you don't pay. Okay. Then. And then there's an option with once the cash gets built up, um, we can – if we if we want to take money out, lend to do real estate investing or something, you have to basically there's an interest rate that you guys give on us as a return. There's an interest rate that you charge us, then that's basically. But where those are at, that's what we're going to get charged to lend the money. 
Yeah, so you can take that cash as an asset. You okay. can take it to a bank, and they'll give you like uh, a couple points plus Prime or plus Libra. I think right now, like the bank that I have a line of credit on my policy with is um, 75 bips plus Prime. Okay, so you're at uh, 6% now because Prime went way up. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so that's um, what I can draw off that asset. I'm a business owner, so that interest, if I'm using it for like uh, business purposes, is going to be uh, tax-deductible interest, which is cool. Um, but I don't have to do that. I could also just like cash out the policy and be done. Courtney probably would. Courtney's my wife. She probably wouldn't be that happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very good dad if I did that. But, uh, okay. But they're, they're, that's another way to get the money. But I, I think a lot of people who are going to borrow and replenish, borrow and replenish, they like that line of credit um, aspect. And then the other one we talked about, I know we're getting set up, is um, it's the same thing for a kid. Yeah. It's the same kind of deal, right? That, that, that second one where you're putting money away and you can basically pass that off to your child. Yeah, point. yeah. So that one's kind of, I really get excited about those because. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I never heard of cool. anything cool like idea. it. Yeah. And I wish I invented the idea. I didn't, but I took it from a guy that I respect. He lies. He invented yeah. it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea with that, so that one we're using equities though. We're not using Northwestern's general account that's like slow and steady wins a race. We're buying equities because a kid has so much time horizon. It's ridiculous. And Equities are going to grow. They're going to be volatile for sure. But if we can, like, imagine if there's another 08, and in my son Gus's policy, I can throw 10 grand in and buy equities at rock bottom prices. And then that's going to come back up. And when he's 30, there's going to be a ton of value created because of that move. Anyway, um, that's the idea is like, if you think you're low risk and a good driver, imagine a kid. You know what right, I mean? A right. kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insurance is like nothing. Yeah. yeah. And so the cash can grow and you can use it for whatever you want. So like my intended use is like uh, it's kind of getting messed up with the whole self-driving car thing because I don't know if like buying a car for a kid at, when they're 16 is going to be a thing by the time my kids are 16. Probably not. Yeah, it's probably it's not even a thing now. Almost, you know? Kids hardly like, even care about driving now. Yeah. I think it's so weird. I yeah. thought my life was going to be over if I didn't have a car. Yeah. Because you, yeah. Because you couldn't connect like they can. Right. With, like you could now you just Uber or like no I'm talking Snapchat just FaceTime you, yeah like there was whatever. a FaceTime yeah. how do you needed like a twenty thousand dollar equipment to yeah. you know it's like this is way different now yeah yeah so my phase one with the financial responsibility plan which I'm calling that's the life insurance policy but it's it's my financial responsibility plan for my kid it's for their financial responsibility so phase one was when they're 16 we're gonna take like 10 grand out and go to CarMax and buy some old beater that's just like (laughs) you know what I mean like and then I'm gonna say like okay Phoebe look this is your car but you don't just get it you have to pay back the 10,000 bucks to your financial responsibility plan and you gotta do it in two years okay so like junior year senior year but here's the deal you have two choices We'll, mom and dad will consider straight A's payment, okay? So if you want to go that route, we are like definitely all for that. But if you don't go that route, you're going to need to get a job and come up with ten grand over two years or dad's taking your keys. Why, and why do you want to pay it back? Uh, well, you don't have to, but I want them to know that like stuff doesn't grow on trees. You know what I mean? Like, you got to yeah. learn how to work. Yeah. And um, So you're like saying I'm giving you a loan. 
Yeah. Instead and of an auto loan. money from your financial responsibility plan. So you just need to pay me whatever for over two years or whatever. Yeah, which is better than paying like CarMax's crazy financing department oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's going to go back to them. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's phase one. Okay. Or phase two is now Phoebes is ready to go to school. Okay? okay. Even if I'm like killing it like Bill Gates and I could just buy the whole university. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still taking freshman year out of the life insurance cash value because, like, one, I want them to be, like, going to school on Fridays, not, like, raging in PB or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. So freshman year is coming out of there. It may be sophomore, junior, senior, but for sure freshman is coming out of there. And then when Phoebes graduates, I'm going to say, all right, you graduated. Here's the deal. You got to go get a job and you got to pay. Remember freshman year how we took 50 grand out to pay your tuition? Yeah, dad, I remember. 50, damn. Yeah, I know. Well, that's <laughs> today's dollars probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Phoebes, you got to pay back your financial responsibility plan. But here's the deal. You take your time, but I'm going to show you what's in there. There's 200 grand in there and that is all yours as soon as you pay back freshman year's 50, okay? So if you do that um, – then it's the money's all yours. So if I were you, I would like make some sacrifices and I would save your butt off to come up with fifty grand because there's a pretty sweet match in it for you. You save fifty, you get two hundred. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, what I'm after is her trajectory because I think if you can come out of college, you're armed with a college degree, and you can save money and you know how to make sacrifices. And you're not going to go rage with your girlfriends in PB. You're going to stay home and eat ramen because you want to save up. That trajectory that you're on is way different than if you're caught raging in PB for the next five or ten years. Totally. You know for what sure. I mean? So yeah. that's what I want for my kids. I'm really excited about that. Is, yeah. there, a, is there a third stage to that one or no? Well, stage three is like I guess when I hand the keys over to the policy. But um, I don't know. I guess I guess – what I would want for – so I have three daughters and a son. And so for the daughters – Four kids. Holy moly. Four Come kids. On. I know. For the daughters, one thing I'm excited about, the life insurance, you can do what's called a change of insured. And that takes the death benefit off of my daughter and puts it on her future husband, payable to my daughter. Uh, so she can be the beneficiary of her own life insurance policy down the road, which I'm kind of effectively buying life insurance on my future son-in-law right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't go dying on me. <laughs> yeah, so that's like He doesn't whole, even know it. He's like, I know. his kid's going to be like, what? It's like that shotgun uh, scenario, you know, when like the guy comes to pick up the daughter and the dad has a shotgun. Well, I already have a life insurance policy on your ass, dude. They're going to, hey, they're going to they're gonna find this podcast like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but also too like um you could use it for a house wedding you got three yeah. girls for you just think about all those things like basically you're building up the savings account for We're things like that the money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so you're sacker you're just being smart sacrificing now so you know in 20 years you're not going hey cool i didn't really save and like mm-hmm. a lot of people and now like all of a sudden i've got to pay for four colleges and i got three weddings and then they need this and that and you're like I mean, and you'd have to be financially pretty well off to afford all that stuff. I mean, I'm just thinking the numbers, four kids, college, weddings, I mean, three daughters, they might be looking at you to pay for it. I mean, you never know, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. You'd have to have, like, (laughs) 
millions of dollars sitting in a bank account, which most people aren't going to realistically have that. Yeah, yeah. But you could have that because you just decided to say instead of doing it like try and save it, just slowly chip away at it over time. Yeah. And with obviously t- market timing and things like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, we'll get some help from equities over the long haul, and yeah. you've got to make sacrifices and save the money. But I, with a lot of my real estate clients that I work with, I think one thing that they think about is like teaching their kids the family business, so to speak, and that so they're pre-funding their future deal that they're going to do with their kids one day. That's, yeah, that's, that's really we, smart. Because I mean, we were looking at the chart. I mean, just you know, numbers. By the time, let's say you don't touch it, and then they come out of school. And then they're, hey, they're like, we want to go live somewhere. You're like, okay, well, why don't we go buy you a, even an apartment building in yeah. one of the units? We're not going to buy there you a house. Be, we're going to buy there, you a There a could building. be enough yeah. money. I mean, we're looking at there could be some substantial money in there where you could afford a down payment on an apartment building or four unit or three yeah. unit or something. Yeah. So that was um, – that was we like that program or whatever. Um, what is your uh, – so as a financial advisor, that's what you t- – that's your title. Yeah. What is you know, like what is your like what is your responsibility? Like what do, what do you what do you bring value to like a customer for? Why like basically why should somebody hire a financial advisor? I mean I know a lot of people are trying to do a lot of this stuff. They go get life insurance online easy. Mm-hmm. They go do their own stocks and trading. They do all this stuff. What what where's the benefit of hiring somebody like you? Yeah, you know, and it took me a while to kind of figure out what the answer to that question is. Um, And I think what I've come back to it, like, why pay me a fee? Why would you do that when you can go online and do it with for no fee? The the truth is, it's human nature, it's behavior. So I would say behavior on two uh, levels. One is people aren't really hardwired to be good savers. You know what I mean? Like you see that. Here in Southern well, California. The, the future is so long. It's so far out that we don't have that vision mm-hmm. usually that far out. Yeah. So I need to bring that vision like here yeah. and say like, dude. The, you're the discipline. Yeah, They're yeah. paying you. You're like, you're the trainer. You're yeah. the life coach. I'm your financial coach. That's the way to look at it. Don't call me financial advisor. Call me your financial coach in a way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I'm going to get you to save money. Some people are hardwired savers. Cool. There's still step two. So first is – I'm going to help you save more money than you would have if you didn't hire me, okay? The second thing is um, now you're investing. Let's say you're investing in equities, okay? Equities are volatile, right? And um, the average investor underperforms their own investments because they get freaked out. So human nature is a failed investor for three Pull reasons. Out. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Pull out when it's bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the absolute the wrong time. Yeah. thing you should be doing. Yeah. So like I would say there's a physiological thing. So Kenny, let's say like you and I are in Africa a thousand years ago and we're walking down the savanna and we are <laughs> – La-di-da-di-da. Skippity-doo-da-day. We hear a rustling in the bushes. And you're like, it's a lion. <laughs> and maybe because, like, you're 6'7", and you could see something that I can't, <laughs> like, 5'10". Like, uh, I, but you just take off running. I might be more like, <laughs> 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 you're right, you're right. But to translate that, it yeah, me, yeah. it's a lion. Yeah. And so you take off running. And I'm like, Kenny, dude, we're in Africa. It could be, like, a thousand different things. You don't know it's a lion. Like, it could just be the wind. It was windy yesterday. It could just be that. Um, and guess what? Like that was my last thought on earth because it was a line and it <laughs> jumped out in an eight. <laughs> so your fear response saved your life back then. Yeah. Okay. 
We turned that fear response on when we opened up our statements for the fourth quarter of 2018, and we saw a 20% drop in equities. When you actually, the one time you look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we flip on that fear response. We're like, ah, I should do something. So that's like in our amygdala. That's hardwired in us, okay? Then there's psychological, which uh, Paco was talking about uh, gambling before this. So it hurts more to lose a thousand bucks when you can vouch for me here, Paco. Uh, is it, it's Paco, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just so it hurts more to lose a thousand bucks than winning a thousand bucks feels good. Yeah, okay? for sure. Oh, yeah. And so that's called uh, loss aversion bias. We it, losing hurts more than winning feels good. And so when we open up that statement and we see like, or we just pop open our phone and we look on an app and we see it down, that triggers the lion. Ah, okay. And then the last thing is culturally. We like every time the market goes down, there's like 500 clickbait articles on top 10 reasons why we're going to have another recession. And then yeah. so the media is sensationalizing it. They're throwing gas on the fire. The lion is like right on your tail and you're like, oh, I got to do something. And guess what? Like everybody has that. Everybody. So one, we suck at saving money, but to, we also suck at being good investors. Would you think it's because people are just too emotional? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We were talking about that earlier with yeah. um, uh, owning real estate because everybody always asks us, so what's the – I mean we even asked Robbo. He's the same thing. Is He always goes, so what's the one piece of advice you'd see if you're going to buy real estate or manage it? Like I said, don't be emotional. Do not be emotional. Yeah. Basically, I'm like if you can't rent to your – if I can't rent to Warren, my friend, and I'm not willing to evict him because he's like, well, Kenny, come on. Four kids, I'm a nice guy. I'm like, no, you didn't pay. Three days, you got to go, dude. This is business to me. Yeah. But I could still go have a beer with you and you might think you're an asshole. I go, no, I'm just telling you. This is the reality. And that's the thing with markets is if you look at good traders, when the market goes down, they're more like, I'm not going to sell. I'm just going like to buy more. the time to sell. No, yeah. they're like – I like Apple. I like this. I like that. I know the fundamentals. There's a reason why this went down. There's a lot of chatter or BS news, right? Mm-hmm. But they know they're like, but the company's still performing. They know it's going to swing back. So they're like, I'm actually going to buy the dip. I'm not going to sell. Yeah, yeah. And that's for so that's where you guys come in. You guys actually have the. You're not listening to all the BS news. You're actually like, guys, we're looking at the fundamentals of a company. We're looking at all this stuff, so you can make intelligent decisions instead of like emotional or whatever yeah yeah i mean dude even if you just bought the s&p 500 which is just an index that tracks the 500 best companies in the country average 10 percent return right yeah yeah that's over 92 years 10.2 percent per year but like that's what the average is it very rarely clocks in at the end of a year at 10.2 it's that's what it oscillates around what was it in 2018 do you know 2018 it was down six percent exactly and um yeah, I mean that was be- like Christmas Eve. It was down more than that, but it came back a ton. It, that right the end after of the that. year was like holy mm-hmm. smokes. Yeah, man, interesting, interesting. Mm. Crystal's like, yeah, Wait. I know nothing about any. No, of I this. knew I didn't. I knew it was down. I know six percent. Yeah, but that's just. But that's why. But some years, and that's it's why boring. you kind of hold through, is because like basically. Why would you sell when it's yeah, slow like, if it's going to come just back? Just like all things. I mean, even in a recession here, it's you know things went down, but they come up also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, makes sense. So what are – Crystal, you actually asked this question yeah. um, to ask. Uh, it's I think, like what kind of questions you should ask someone. No, you're more like what are some products that people – you know, basically you talk to financial advisors. Okay, I need a 401K. I need an IRA. I need 
Um, the other thing we have is it's disability insurance. Not yeah, sick, yeah. But and then you know you have your life insurance. What are some products that you know? Those are just the common things. What are some products that you have that people might not know about? Oh yeah, yeah. you know that you think are like people actually don't really know about these exist. Some of them could have just popped up because obviously there's been a change in the tax code or the tax change. It's changed, so there's a benefit. Is there anything that like it's not like a mainstream? product or something that you guys I like the one with the kids that one was That's huge cool, that was something I never nice. see yeah. that I never yeah, see that yeah. even I have clients who have an advisor and they're like I want to do the kid thing because their advisor never brought it to the table. So I'm down to do that too. Um, so that's one of them you'd say. Uh, yeah, I would say one that is not like something – if you guys go to like a cool cocktail party or there's this thing in March, um, one of the things that I won't be talking about at that thing is disability insurance because it doesn't, I know it's I have not that, a yeah. crowd pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think of uh, that movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Remember oh, the yeah. guy he like punched at the end? It was like <laughs> needle-nosed neb. The, yeah. the that would be me if I like rolled up to that talking about disability insurance. But here's the thing. Like we were talking about life insurance before and remember how, what the percentage was industry-wide of claims? 2%. Like 2%. So the oh, chances of you dying prematurely compared to getting sick or hurt for a year. What's two, that claim? Dude, that's like 25%. One out of four. It's actually 23, but come on. Between friends, can we round up to 25? Yeah. yeah. yeah so can. I guess the idea there is like sick or hurt way more than – Die prematurely. Yeah. And nobody really... Uh, nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so here's the thing. With life insurance, is pretty black and white, right? You're dead or you're alive. Right. We, we don't have to go to law school to figure out if someone is dead or not. You know right. what I mean? It's easy. The contract's easy. You're dead, you get money. You're not, no money. Disability insurance, what's a disability mean? I'm doing air quotes for the yeah, people on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. What is a disability? Air and an air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it mean so many things? Yeah, it depends on could what the contract says. Could you be pregnant and on disability? Well, dude, rock, you could, but the contract yeah. could say, oh, we don't cover pregnancies. Right. So you want to, like, nerd out on this stuff or at least work with someone who has nerded out on this stuff. Yeah. So that you know what Have the contract Have you nerded says. out on this? Dude, how do you think my wife and I had four kids? I just bring home a disability insurance policy and I'd start reading it to her and then she just couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I have nerded out on these things and to like your listeners would go way down if I started to talk about like intricacies of disability insurance. But I would say that like that is something that is not mainstream, but before oh eight was the number one cause of foreclosure was disability because it wrecks you. It's basically like you're dead, except you're still alive. Financially, you're dead though. Yeah. Because um, well, we did it. I mean, we did it for Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I, know, I mean, it's not much, yeah. but you know, you do enough where it's like it helps. You know. Well, you just never know. Like you said, I mean, you could go on a snowboarding trip with your friends and accidentally, you know, break your leg, and now you can't go to work or. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all these different things well, let's be honest. that you could do. What, 50 or per- you could just get sick. 50% or- of bankruptcies are over medical. Yeah. yeah. And that's – and a lot of it, I don't even think it's necessarily the medical part. The light, it's the health insurance. A lot of it's because they're out of work so long that they're, it was like over. It's like there's nothing left in the gas tank and yeah. they're like they had to keep going. So can you just kind of talk about disability, like how exactly it works and like what are some of the – what are probably some of the top, I don't know, five or a few common things where people don't realize, like, 
this is going to be an acceptable claim, you know, you'd have at work. Yeah. So okay. is this for anybody too? Is this for W-2, self-employed, anybody? Dude, if you have an income, you can buy disability insurance. Okay. Okay. And and usually your ability to make money is your biggest asset. Like yeah. you yeah. don't have to look at someone's balance sheet to just look at like how much money are you going to make? <laughs> and then, so let's say it's, I don't know, a hundred grand a year and you're never ever going to get a raise for the next 30 years. Okay, do a net present value on that cash flow. Maybe that's like, I don't know, two million bucks. If you had a $2 million apartment, would you buy homeowner's insurance on it? Would you like get an umbrella? Yeah. yeah. You'd be dumb if you didn't. Like, that would be crazy. Yeah. Flood damage, whatever. You're like, you're rolling the dice. Yeah. Unless homeowner's insurance was like crazy, crazy expensive, exactly. which it's not. No. Then you maybe wouldn't do it. Yep. But if it was affordable, that would be – that's the biggest no-brainer yeah, Even ever. if the richest person in the world is going to have insurance, why not? Yeah, it's yeah. It's smart fundamentally. Yeah. Dude, you could have like – you could have a house paid for in cash like crazy. I have a big giant trampoline in my backyard that all the kids go up on, neighbors <laughs> or whatever. Dude, we have a crazy uh, umbrella policy because it's like who knows, man. I mean it's got a fence around it or whatever. Yeah. I mean it's – I think it's pretty safe, but I call your umbrella policy people too and make sure that uh, trampolines aren't excluded because some of them don't cover trampolines. Yeah. Stuff you'd Our insurance about. girl too, she's like, every time you call her and you're like, hey, uh, we had this situation, uh, would we be covered? Well, it's like, that's a well, what's si- this well situational. Crap? Like, yeah. Let me pull It's like yeah. all these things are excluded here. I want to your- writing yeah. right now yeah. because, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so – your question on disability insurance, like if you're W-2, it's a pretty inexpensive benefit to offer on a group basis, way cheaper than health insurance. Yeah. So it's common to see group coverage. It usually covers like 60% of your income. Okay. Usually it's base pay though. So if you're W-2 but you get like big bonuses or commissions, that's usually not covered. So if you're W-2 to 100 grand, you could look at 50, 60 grand or something. You're getting 60 okay, Gs a 60, year out okay. of this thing. But your employer's probably paying for that and they're writing off the premiums, which means that 60 grand or five grand a month to you is going to get taxed. So bring it down to like four. Okay. Okay. Or maybe 3,500. Okay. So you can supplement that. If you're, uh, you know, like a business owner, then you're gonna, they're going to get tax returns and they're going to insure that number. And if you're in real estate, they want to see three years of tax returns. Okay, okay. so they want to see like a trend. Yeah, here. not like you close some big deal, you locked in a bunch of income, and now you want to put an insurance company on the hook. They <laughs> yeah. want to see like this is what you do. This is a yeah. profession, and you've got. So I think now is usually a good time to do that because people have booked a couple solid Economy's years of good. income, yeah. so they can show some nice tax returns. The drawback is like it usually people are really aggressive on their deductions. Things, yeah, yeah. Just like you guys probably run into financing issues. Yeah. People. So, yeah. And then what's um, like what's a dis- – like what is some common disabilities? Like hurt on the job, hurt outside the job, fall and break your leg. Dude, everybody always thinks musculoskeletal, which is like what you just described – um, those happen, but it's like seventy uh, percent is uh, illness. Oh, seventy percent illness. Yeah, seventy oh. percent illness. So think cancer. Think like MS. At a guy the other day, I just talked to guys a client of mine, and uh, he's got MS. He's still working. He's fine, but like that's pretty brutal. And he has it. Yeah. How long does it go for? That lasts until you're seventy years old. So they'll pay you until you're seventy or until you get better. I, we have a – I'm not going to say who it is, but we have a client, um, W2, and uh, worked for Qualcomm. 
and uh, he had a, just kept having a back injury and back injury, and then he finally just couldn't work. But they gave him disability, and they're like, "We're only, it's only lasts so long." And then he had kind of like what you had, he had stuff, yeah. yeah, and he he made a good salary, and so he was able to still. And he's like, he just couldn't work anymore, and he has real estate that he bought, and um, you know who I'm talking about. He has a partner. Yeah. And um, so I was like, I remember we were doing a loan. I was like, wow, he's got a freaking good check. He's like, yeah, this. if I don't get better, this shit's going to come until I'm 70 years old or whatever. Yeah. He's like, thank God I signed. He didn't need it because he had the cash up. He's like, thank God I signed up for this because I think – It doesn't hurt he didn't though, get, you know. It's like – something to – it was like a thing through work. But he's like – work gave me like, oh, we'll let you off. To hopefully your back gets better. We're going to give you three months or something. And he's like, that's it. You know, it wasn't much. So – and uh, he's it was two years he couldn't go back, and I think now he's just like I'm not I can't go back. He can't sit up in a chair for that long. He has to move around. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. They say like for workers' comp claims too, it's like a lot of it's in the office, not necessarily on the job. Right. Like there's more like in office injuries than there are people like at a job site, like swinging a hammer or climbing yeah. up on a ladder or whatever it might be. I believe it. Yeah. So what's um what are is there any other programs? I mean, I know the one for the kids. Is that the best one for college? The one we talked about? I would say like five twenty nine plan, which is a deal where the government's like, hey, you can put money in. Money is going to get invested. It's going to grow, and no tax on capital gains, no tax on dividends. So it can snowball faster than if you had to pay tax on all that stuff. And as long as you use the money for college. Then all that money comes out, your basis and your gain, what you put in and all the profit on top of that can come out with no tax. So that's a great How much can you put in that per year? That's the gift tax limit. So you guys could, you know, and a lot of people think like it's gift tax for one person, which is 15K. No, you can double up. So you can each put in 15K. Grandparents Mm. can put in 15K. So I guess I would, the way I would fund that is I would fund that up to like a state school. Because you know for sure you're going to use that. Now, like, I've got four kids. I've got four at-bats to spend down the money yeah. 529. So, like, I can maybe have it a little heavier funded than, um, you know, because I know I'm going to probably get – it's all going to get spent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, anyway, uh, and I would, like, fund that in tandem with that life insurance idea where you can just be a little bit more creative. With the 529, you have to use that money for school or okay. else you're going to pay taxes and a penalty. So if your kid gets a scholarship, you have to take it out. You're going to end up – it's like going to be like a 401K. You're going to get shit hammered No, on. dude. That's the cool thing. If you have a kid who got a scholarship, you can take dollar for dollar what that scholarship was out. No tax, no penalty. Pretty cool. Oh, deal. wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And they can use it towards whatever? Uh, well, it means – yeah, they can use it. You can use it. It's your money. Wow. Yeah, Paco, get that it's lined up for your kid. Yeah. <laughs> he, he liked that one. Yeah. That's on his mind right now. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hmm, he didn't know. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So if your kid gets a scholarship, they're not going to penalize you. Right, yeah. That's why, that's why we see Warren when he's like 60, and you see him leaving um, Point Lumber Harbor, and the back of his fishing boat says Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that commercial? Like, they have a thing about this. That's why I was wondering. I'm like, the, the son gets a scholarship. And the parents are driving away on the like badass fishing yacht, and it yeah. says Plan B in the side. Like that's what it is because you got the scholarship, got the money back out. I was like, how does that work? Okay, dude, you know what that reminds me of? So one of the things you were asking is like, why hire a financial advisor? Yeah. Similar question with why you should hire an interior decorator. You could do it all yourself, right? Yeah. Interior designer, I guess. I saw in Cabo this giant yacht that on the back of it it said Change Order. <laughs> 
change orders. So like you hire somebody, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you just do oh, it yourself. No. <laughs> you order all the construction. Yeah. That all adds up, and it's probably more than what you would have paid the designer on the front end. Yeah. Anyway. No, no, no. I mean, Crystal, I've done enough real estate, honestly. Like, people think they're going to go I do it themselves. love those change orders, too. <laughs> they, they, it's going to be a change order. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any products that you are kind of working on now that, you know, fi- this might be more, this could be more for uh, um, self-employed people that are going to be able to get a tax benefit? I mean, besides the typical, you know, if you do some 401ks and things like that, but is there anything else you have that's I'm not thinking about? Yeah, I mean, solo 401k, SEP IRA. Um, How much know, can you put in the SEP now? Same as the solo 401k, so 55k pre-tax. What's the Roth? Is it? Is you it can do Roth too. Is it five six now? Is it? Oh, sixty five hundred. So if you're cool. over fifty years old, it's fifty five hundred. If you're under fifty years old, and that's capped at a certain dollar. Like you yeah, two hundred three. Married filing jointly is two hundred three thousand dollars okay. of adjusted gross income. So if you're making over that, the best one is is the. Uh, 401 or the IRA. Yeah, there's another thing. There's like a couple caveats to it, but you can do what's called a backdoor Roth. And so you can fund a traditional IRA that normally you'd be taking a tax deduction on, but you don't take the tax deduction. So you call it a non-deductible IRA. And then you can do a Roth conversion. You can move that into a Roth like the next day. And there's no income cap on that move. Really? Do you yeah. get, do you get, you're not getting hit on the tax on that? Uh, you're paying tax on the gain. Oh, now. And guess what? You did it on a Monday and you converted it on a Tuesday and the money was in a money market account. There is no gain. So uh, you. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. I'll talk yeah. you about that. Yeah, yeah. So There's, if you're self-employed, is there an income cap on that one? No, dude. So that's a that's a way to get so 2500 bucks into a Roth every year. And then, yeah, because if you make money on the Roth, like in 30 years and there's whatever, $300,000, you take it out, there's zero tax. Yeah, that's like 500 grand in a taxable account. But here's the drawback with that. If you already have an IRA, you have to convert all that stuff first before you can do this new stuff. So, yeah, that's like uh, – But what if if I have them and she doesn't? She she could do it. And you can – if you have an IRA or like a SEP. Yeah, I do. And you switch it to a solo 401K – then you don't have an IRA anymore, do you? Now you can fund that backdoor Roth every year. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's something. Because I, I like the Roth because it's long term. So many moves you can play. I know. Now I know why your brother-in-law spent so much time like investigating all this stuff. My brother-in-law, his his sister's husband, is like sits here and analyzes this stuff all day long. No, because like, you know they're friends. Because he are... knows. I mean, all this stuff, but it's kind of interesting because most of us never look into this stuff enough to really know what it's about unless somebody brings it to our attention. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. No one's gonna read that disability insurance <laughs> no. contract. No. And if you do read it, kudos to you. Are you gonna understand? Exactly. What it says? I was gonna say. I wouldn't even probably yeah. understand yeah. it. Yeah. No. Um, what do you, if you don't mind, what do you currently have just as product set up for your family? So we're cranking on those uh, life insurance policies for the kids. kids. Okay. We do a bunch of that um, for ourselves as well. We have a deferred comp plan through work too. So that's like 401k, but you can um, imagine like I was going to make 500k this year, but I said, dude, I really only need to make 250. So I can defer that's 250. Cool. I don't even, I don't, I never got it as income. Shit. So. I didn't pay tax on that, but it's also if Northwestern Mutual goes under, then I'm a creditor now of the company, 
Good news is Northwestern's like AAA rated financial strength. So if they go under, like the whole world's on <laughs> yeah, fire. And exactly. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so that's a cool way to defer taxes. We've set up deferred comp plans too for uh, corporations. It's a pretty cool. Like I enjoy that benefit, and so do other people. And it's like a reason you'd want to stay. Um, so we do that. Um, we have a qualified plan, which is like a 401k plan that we throw money into on a pre-tax basis too. Um, and then just a straight up like uh, investment account, buying equities okay. on a monthly basis, just drip, 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 drip every single month. And um, man, I mean, the yeah, just saving money. And if you can save it in a place where... Why do you think people aren't disciplined with saving money? What do you like? Because you guys have to study that and know that. Like, I mean, I know there's a psyche, but do you just think because people are just this didn't set it up? It's like it's just simple sitting down and it's like just having hiring somebody who is just to sit down and set it up so you have it, right? Like, yeah, they're just not setting it up. Well, I think people get duped into like uh, more short term, immediate payoff gratification. Like, I was talking to this guy yesterday, he really wants to buy a Tesla. But he doesn't want to pay off like his credit card debt, and I'm like, dude, that Tesla is going to be cool for like six months, and then you're going to be kicking yourself that you, like because you still didn't have this credit card debt stuff dealt with. Just it, the car is not the answer. It's not going to make you happy, and the car is just one thing. It, there's like tons and tons and tons of yeah. things. And you, when you look at how much interest you pay on a credit card, it's like sad, dude. I mean, if it's you look, so much. At, oh my gosh, what you end up paying is just insane if you don't like pay them off right away. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would say like people get stuck. Do you in, feel like they're just not educated? They just never took the time to really understand like like just it's the simple little things huh? well i don't know if it's the education that's hurting as much because like people know how to lose weight but you have to wake up at 4 a.m or some other time and go to the gym it's people know how to lose weight you eat right and you go work out right that's it's habits right yeah it's like the yeah. discipline part that is the hard part that i think um the people get in the they start building habits in the wrong areas and then it's like too late they can't get out of it yeah, and also we were talking about that you know today changing habits is uncomfortable too right like yeah. you just don't yeah, want to do that yeah. yeah i mean it's it's funny because we're we're buying buildings and bigger buildings now and it's like and you sit here and you're like how did you get here and i tell people it's just discipline yeah it's like you literally like we live conservative and we try to take all of our money and just put it to work and we were talking about that today with Robba because like what people understand is like just find the guy that's like fifty years old, that was really smart with his money. He could have been doing what you're doing or yeah. doing a part, whatever it is. That smart with their money at fifty, they're gonna win. And the guy, it's like, hey, at fifty, he wakes up and goes, shit, I should probably start investing or thinking about my retirement. You just miss like twenty years, thirty years of all the earning. Like you didn't. Yeah. I mean, how many? I remember some other day. I was like, there had been W two for twenty years alone. And they didn't have it, never had a 401k set up with their company. I was like, what? Yeah. I was shocked. Like, yeah, I just never got around to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, never got around to it. That's uh, this, but this is, but like you said, but they're like, they got around to buy the new TV and the new watch and the new iPhone and the new Tesla and the new house and redo the house and go on the trips. That's as American as apple pie. You know what I mean? It's yeah. sad, but that's, it really is that's, like. The government likes that because you're spending and the economy is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Um, what should somebody, we always ask this when people come in like different industries. Like, so, and I always, I guess, ask both ways is it's a two, two-sided question. So if I'm interviewing a financial advisor 
and you've been doing this 16 years. Mm-hmm. What are the questions a consumer, a client should be asking them? And also, what are the questions that you, on the reverse side, is they should be asking you to, yeah, yeah. to know that, hey, this is a good question to ask you. It's a good question. Like, this is, this is a good relation. It's not just like, hey, I asked the right questions, and I didn't know what questions he should have asked me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I feel like if it's a good advisor, they should have the questions that they're going to ask you, like, uh, lined up and because they've done this before. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, but, I'll, I mean, they're going to ask, like, uh, they need to get to know what the goals are. If they're going to help you get from A to B and build out a game plan, they need to know what B is. You know, like, what are you – how old are the kids? Do you want to send them to school? Okay, what about retirement? How are you tracking for that? They're going to ask you a bunch of stuff um, to understand what B is. What is the goal you're aiming for? Um, but I think what you should ask them before you actually ask them any questions, hopefully you got like uh, referred to them and they're working with somebody that you know and trust or like. And you should ask that person, hey – how is Warren or how is this person that I'm going to be working with or like point. I'm taking yeah. a meeting and like if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Would you do anything differently? Would you do it with, with Warren? Would you go with somebody else? What should I ask him or like what should I – you know, what should I ask for a clarification on? I would start with asking like your friend the questions because that's yeah, – your agree. friend's going to tell you straight up, you know. Yeah. So I would start there. Um, but then I would I would want to know – if any of their like uh, their planning philosophy is rooted in trying to predict the future, like there's I've met clients who the planning that they have is uh, like prepping for doomsday. It's like they have the basement and they have like the meals ready to eat in the boxes. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, yeah. Are you well, yeah, because it's 08 isn't that far behind us. Yeah. And so there's this recency bias that's like, hey, uh, when that happens again, we have like then, storm shelter pack. Yeah, then they, we have all this cash. We're gonna, we're gonna die. Gonna buy Canned low. food. Yeah, exactly. And so Mitch has got a bunch of guns. We're just going yeah. to house. Yeah. <laughs> go to Mitch's Remember house. That, yeah. Uh, so I would want to know, like, are they trying to predict the future? Are they trying to predict the future on the downside? Are they trying to predict it on the uh, upside? Like, oh, we think this and this and this is going to go nuts and here's why. Because guess what? Like, they can't predict the future. You can know that already because yeah. they're a human being. And if they could predict the future, we'd know about them already and they would be they a have billionaire. All the we'd yeah. have all our money with them. Yeah. yeah. So if they – I guess, like, advisors – are their philosophies are really important. So I'd want to know, like, what's your philosophy around investing your client's money? What does risk mean? Dude, it's so crazy. Our industry can't even agree on the definition of risk, which yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, it's is like... Is that from company to company? Yeah, I mean, it's also from advisor to advisor. I think I think there's this whole... What I've seen a ton of is this, uh, this chart that's like a risk-reward chart. And risk... You know, more reward, less risk is uh, less reward, right? Less upside. And but what they're really defining risk as is volatility. Okay, so like uh, stocks are volatile, so they would call stocks really risky, and they would call bonds really safe. But what I would say is like, okay, if um, you're if my mom had all of her retirement nest egg in cash. I would say that's actually risky yeah. because it's losing money to inflation every yeah. day. And guess what? The HOA on their condo, that isn't staying flat. That's not fixed. <laughs> yeah. That's going to go up every yeah. year, and she's going to run out of money when she's 80, and then she's going to move in with me. 
And so, like, <laughs> I would say that's risky because her capital isn't growing. But if if the definition of risk is uh, you're safer by not being volatile, then she would think that she's being, like, safe and conservative. Right. But she's actually not. And, like, our compliance office never one time has come back to me and said, hey, Warren, um, your mom doesn't have enough stocks in her portfolio, and she's going to run out of money, and she's going to move in with you right here at 85. So you should either talk to your mom about adding more stocks in and tolerating the volatility of equities, or you should, like, get a granny flat ready. <laughs> and sponge baths. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I would, I would want to know, hey, what is their definition of risk? Because I bet it's volatility. I would bet money that it's that what they're what they think risk is is volatility. And they're going to ask you, what's your risk tolerance? And they're saying what they really are asking, what's your tolerance for volatility? But if they said, hey, what's your tolerance for the risk that your mom moves in with you at eighty five? What's your tolerance for that risk? be probably really low or you ask your mom what's your tolerance for having to ask your son to move in with them at 85 is it uh low tolerance like no problem yeah i'll ask him right it's now happen a lot yes yeah. it is like you can see it because bonds are perceived to be safe and stocks are perceived to be risky and when equities drop like they did this last year the herd goes ah yeah it's like the sky is falling we gotta get out of here and they bail out of stocks and they go into bonds, and they'll come back into stocks when stocks go up. They'll wait for them to come back up, and then they'll get in. And I mean, buy high. I mean, it's just like it's human nature. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. So, last couple questions. So, um, not to get into this story, but we were talking about the story before. Oh yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Um, that uh, so we had this guy that was selling annuities, and then he started calling all these people, and it was crazy. When I was like, he's telling me stories of, I don't know what the average is, but he called you know a hundred people, and he said, Kenny, I think the average person hadn't talked to their financial advisor in maybe two to five years, mm-hmm. and then it turned into they realized I haven't even seen my statement, I don't even know what I'm in. And it turned this whole eruption. He's getting like financial advisors like you going, why are you calling my client? We had a You're guy telling- walk in. I guess there used to be a financial advisor company here. Whoa, in this and, space. Yeah, like 10 years ago. And he was trying to find them from like – he was trying to locate him because he's like, I don't know where my money is. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, sorry, I don't even – Yes. Like, wow. There was like a charity here before us. And we've been here less than a year. So he was – I helped him Google it on – here on my computer and like gave like wrote down the address for him and that's that was how long it had wow. been since he had so my so planner. so um my question is is how often you know do you talk to clients you know do you do and i know we do an annual review even if whether i pay attention you should probably call her more than me <laughs> but um and then how often do you do that and why is it important yeah, well, I think uh, – so one minimum is once a year. Just to, even if it's a check-in and there's nothing really new, it's – like I was saying before, the, a lot of this stuff, this behavioral advice and managing behavior and service to the plan, it's like vitamin C. We don't store it. You know, We don't store all the knowledge. We need refreshed amounts of vitamin C. We need refreshed behavioral advice. Because like I've had the talk with clients about like, hey, we need to continue to be buying low. But then when equities drop, I'll get a text like, hey, should we be doing something or whatever? And it's like 
you know, and I don't get uh, like uh, offended by that because that, that's like job security for me. I'm helping them be disciplined. Like I'm helping them behave like Warren Buffett's behaving because Warren Buffett isn't freaking out and selling. No, no way. Yeah. So, um, so I think that. And that's got to help your business too. Yeah, because yeah. I'm getting referrals at those meetings yeah. to like, hey, who are they? Because the longer and longer they're with me, the better and better things are getting. The more and more things are happening like and the way I said they were going to. And they're to. comfortable, they're, they're confident, comfortable. and they want to refer. Yeah, exactly. So um, I love reviews. And I, it's kind of cool. Like 16 years in, you get to really be selective with who you want to work with. And I have a bunch of clients that are like you guys. They're just cool and they're fun to hang with. And so – Doing reviews is – I don't see it as like a pain in the butt. I like to do it. So um, – I also like literally just because this is not – I mean I, I think some people absorb things better, like different topics better than others. This is one that isn't good for me. So I literally feel like every time we talk, I'm like, can you explain how this works to me again? I have no idea. Yeah, I know that it made sense back when we did it, but yeah, I don't yeah. even remember what it's about now. Happens all the time. So we're going to end with a great story. Oh, yeah. We are. And it's, it's if you stayed, you're going to love it. <laughs> couple things. Um, Warren, where can everybody find you? And secondly – I'll put it in the notes too. And secondly, um, some of the stuff we talked about today, we're probably going to put a snapshot up, like the, the kids thing yeah, that yeah. I really like. I think it would be cool to put up a chart. If somebody invested this money, we can put a couple up in the podcast that people do watch just quickly so we can get that. But where can people find you if they have questions and stuff like that and learn more about these products? Yeah, so I would just call the office, 619-230-8027, and um, Rachel or myself will uh, – probably Rachel is going to be the one who um, takes that call. So Rachel was our nanny, um, super smart, and I'm like, you got to come work for me. She's worked for me for four years now. She is awesome. a ninja. And so what's kind of cool is like uh, – I obviously trust Rachel a lot if she was watching our kids. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the kind of trust that we have in the office too with our clients' uh, money. So it's kind of a cool uh, little angle. Yeah. for uh, And Rachel's awesome. Clients love her. Um, they cool. call her more than they call me. Um, so, yeah. And then I think just probably throw up the email. It's just first name dot last name at nm.com. NancyMary.com. What an amazing email. Yep. It used to be like NMFN, so and I'd be like, Nancy, Mary, Frank, Nancy, the whole, you know, it's yeah. like I was a pilot calling yeah. in the control tower. <laughs> <laughs> so Warren has had four kids, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I don't even know how the hell you did that. Uh, more power to you. And then um, Warren had, I just had, you had to share the story because it's just, I know you're pretty public with it, so you're yeah, not yeah, shy. Yeah. But how things uh, can go wrong. Yeah. So sh- can you just tell everybody um, as descriptive as you want to be because it's your story, um, how you decided when you not want to have four kids, what you do and how that process went? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So this is, I think, a good uh, dovetail on the um, what to maybe ask a professional before you go to work with them. So I got okay. this uh, – I got uh, – I was going to go get a vasectomy and – but it was like uh, – I. I got a referral from this guy I go to church with, and he was like, "Oh yeah, my guy was insane, and uh, he was not insane <laughs> in a good way. Like a great this, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I was out of there, and I was totally oh, fine, no pain. And I'm like, okay, this is the guy that he probably over researched everything, you know. So it was like, if it's good enough for James, then it's good enough for me. Like I'll go to that guy's guy, oh, yeah. and I'm calling him like asking if I can come in this Friday. You know what I mean? Cause, and they're like, no, you can't come in this Friday. He's booked. This was in July. He's booked till October. I'm like, I'm going to have another kid if I wait that long. Yeah. So I was like, well, and they're like, well, you can work with his partner. 
here, and he's open on August 5th. He really It was really August 5th, 2016. Um, scarred into my memory for we go. a long time. <laughs> so this guy, go. I meet with him. Uh, he's actually a Northwestern Mutual client. We were talking. I'm like, yeah, this guy seems great. Okay, so everything went fine. I'm driving home. I'm leaving like uh, voicemails for a couple of my buddies, and I'm like, yeah, I just got my wings clipped. And like, <laughs> 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 and so, oh, my God. But then I That's was called, driving through Rosecrans, and I just oh, felt boy. like this, oh, like a, like I started to feel like I was going to faint, and I, ba- I barely made it home. And my wife is like, uh, she's got all the kids there, and I'm just like, oh man, I need the, I need Advil. Like, I didn't. He was like, you should be fine with Advil. You so drove I, home, huh? Yeah, I drove home. Oh, I don't think you're supposed to drive. I don't home. think you are either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! I was like, wait. <laughs> so oh I drove home, and and when I get oh, home, um, I like, I'm just totally rocked. This was the first night of the Olympics in Rio. Okay. And so it was like the opening ceremonies or whatever. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, this is really, really bad. And I remember him saying, like, call me if, like, things get worse than a tennis ball. Okay, I'm going to let you connect the dots. And so it was like tennis ball in about an hour. And and so he's like, dude, you should uh, – he's like, if you can come in again on Monday, we may need to do, like, another surgery. And it was like the pain was getting worse and worse and worse because the – the painkillers that they gave me were wearing off. Yeah. And so I'm like, Courtney, you got to go and fill this prescription for like uh, Vicodin or whatever it was. And so she goes and she thinks I'm such a wimp. And by the way, all leading up to this, I was telling Courtney, I'm like, Courtney, I've been doing this homework with uh, the vasectomy and it, I'm learning about childbirth and it sounds so painful. They say it's almost as painful as what it, a man has to go through when he gets a vasectomy. You know, like totally joking. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so she's like, you know, not – she doesn't think that's funny. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so I had to go back. I mean it got so bad. I won't, I'm not going to go into like fruit descriptions, but it was it was bad. And I had to go back in that night for another, um, for another uh, like emergency surgery. They had to like – drain it drain the blood and everything it was so bad i was out for like two weeks so i basically watched all of the uh rio olympics like every single event everything and uh but it was so bad and this guy he took out like in 2013 he took out the wrong kidney from uh some poor person then he had to go and take the right kidney out oh <laughs> so, my gosh. and courtney's like didn't you google this guy and i'm like no it was no. a referral <laughs> And, and this James guy's like, well, you should have gone to my guy. I don't know who that oh other guy is. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so bad. So wait, it was a different guy in the same guy's office or yeah, something? Yeah, they're just like partners. And so, oh yeah, they're uh, – Shoot, he didn't Google his own partner or something? Dude, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That was – it was not how we drew it up, though. It was supposed to be like, oh, you're in and you're out, and it's totally fine. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really, really bad. So – if somebody asked me, like, hey, would you go to your guy again? And if you could do things all over again, what would you do differently? I would probably do a Google search. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Gosh. Google. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Wait till October. But so, yeah, that was that was the. Uh, wow. Yeah. But, dude, it worked. And you know what? Um, I can yeah. laugh at it now. And I'm glad that there was no, more no babies. Like, permanent damage. Yeah, no more babies. Uh, I'm thankful for the, yeah, like just 
okay, two weeks, and I mean, it was more like a year before it was like back to totally normal. But I was like back to work after about two and a half weeks. What? That is a lot. I was like walking up to meetings like Yosemite Sam. It was so embarrassing (laughs) because you know, you're going to be like, oh, what happened? Did you like hurt your leg or something? I'm like, no, I had a really bad vasectomy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen. That's Warren Duthie. <laughs> That's Thanks, it. Warren. Thanks, Warren. Thanks yeah, for coming cool. in. No problem. We got, I this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.